Great is back on Broadway, starring Tony Award winner Ben Platt and Michaela Diamond. In fact, they're both nominated for Tonys this year for their work in this stunning revival. Holland Torek had a chance to catch up with Ben Platt. How's it going, Ben? It's going good. It's been a minute. How are yeah, you doing, Paul? I'm good. It's actually only been a couple of weeks because you just got nominated for a Tony Award yes, and I saw true. you there, which nice and you have a new pin. Yes, I have a new pin in the yes. drawer with the other pin. Yes, it's very exciting. You have a Tony and you have the pins. It's like, it's, the pins are cuter because they're more versatile than yeah. the trophy. <laughs> exactly. You can wear them anywhere. You have a lot of stuff, actually. You have yeah. a lot of awards and Some things. Some good stuff. Some yeah, good stuff. I like that. Did you figure out a place for all those things? I have a little shelf and... You know, my fiance is making my whole apartment look much nicer now that we're living together, and he's oh, allowed, nice. me, allowed me to keep the shelf. Oh, that's nice. You're building a home. Yes. No, I love that. Yes, um, it's a, it's great watching you guys sort of flourish. The, the, the Evan Hansons. Thank you. Yeah, it's weird because I knew him many years before that, <laughs> I know, and I know I that, know. but the lore has become the Evan Hansons. So yeah, we have to embrace it. So you're on Broadway. You're back. I know it was really excited to come back to Broadway. Um, what's life like when you're on Broadway in this run? I remember when you were doing Evan Hansen. It was a pretty. You were pretty much in lockdown, which is not a term we actually like to ever think about now. Sure. Post pandemic. That's right. Different, <laughs> whole different meaning. But what is life like now during the run of Parade? It's definitely different. I mean, I, I because I do get to be with Noah. I, I have more of a home to go back to. It's not just me and. Um, I get to sort of fill myself up in other ways. I think with Evan Hansen, like you were saying, it, it just physically was so demanding that there was just no room for anything else. And I think I found, obviously I still have to do all of the annoying like vocal health stuff and the supplements and the drinking and the sleeping and all that. But I think with this show, it's been more about countering the grayness and difficulty of the show with yeah. just trying to have some bright moments every day. And so being with Noah makes that very easy. So I've tried to fill any time that isn't filled with great chats like this, with like um, just being with him and the dog and being in New York. We'd never gotten to just like firmly live in New York as that. a couple, so yeah. So you're gonna have a nice summer in New York. Exactly, with, yeah. with some nine show weeks that are gonna be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been living with Leo Frank. Um, I, I know you just went to the White House celebrating Jewish, what, what's that? Uh, Jewish American Heritage Month. Jewish American Heritage Month and Jill, Jill Biden, how was? How was the first lady? It was great. They were all lovely. We got to meet Joe in the in the Oval Office and say hello. Wow. He was he was very lovely and talked about you know keeping the, you know never forget you know keeping anti-Semitism out in the light and lots of good things. And Jill was very gracious. Everybody was really nice. It was nice to be there for something Jewish related that was like purely joyful and, yeah. and like there was food and singing and and not have it be about like a trauma. So that was good. I'm sure you're the same way. I've learned a lot of my history through musicals. Yes. Musical. <laughs> kind of Most comically, of like, you know, I kind of only know things if they were mentioned in musicals. Fully. Although sometimes it's made me want to learn more about subjects, right? Totally. Like, and sometimes you know the totally wrong version of the story from the musical and you have to correct. be told embarrassingly like a class that you're <laughs> talking about false facts. Right. So Leo Frank is not a man I knew before Parade first opened on Broadway. Uh, and the story of Leo and Lucille that you're now so deeply enmeshed in. I'm assuming this is also your first introduction. Yes. When I was growing up, I the first introduction is the song This Is Not Over Yet, which was yeah. on like some kind of Broadway compilation that I used sure. to listen to yeah. as a kid. And I loved the song, but I didn't know the context. And then uh, when I was, I think, 13 or 14, I saw the Don Mar Warehouse production that came to the taper in Los Angeles where I grew up. So I saw the whole show and that was the first time I learned the whole story, saw the whole piece. And I remember there was like a photo of Leo on the on the program that was very haunting to me and made me want to go home and Google and learn more and which I did and 
then I always had the story and the character on my list of things I'd love to be part of. So when you're doing the show and actually digging in and uh, committing yourself to, to this story, mm -hmm. are you also exploring it still now? Or do you feel like you're focused on a very specific story, obviously? Totally. I mean, I think in terms of the like history and the the factual stuff and the like um, details, like that's very much been the backdrop. I think, you know, Michaela and I both read this book, The Dead Shall Rise, which is mm -hmm. like kind of the the um, end all be all of like that whole history of that time. Um, and so we have a full picture of the context. And so the sort of research element, if you will, is, is done. And I think because it is an original piece and it's definitely very heavily, heavily inspired by history and most of it is very factual, it is its own story. So for us, it's been about like using that as the backdrop and then focusing mostly on the text itself and using that as the primary source and just on who these particular three-dimensional people are. So in that regard, yes, it's always, I'm still learning more and growing and Michaela and I are still finding things. And that's how you know it's a great piece of musical theater is that it's, it's never finished. And yeah. so there's still more things to find um, within the like human connection element of it. But in terms of like who Leo was, I feel like I know what I need to know to then interpret my mm -hmm. version. I think Michael Arden is a genius, yeah, your director. And I think that what they beautifully do in this production is they kind of lead the audience a lot with the real photos. And you almost feel like you're like watching a true crime story unfold and mm -hmm. you're learning about the real people and really gives you a connection while you're watching it. And I think it's exciting that you're kind of a vessel now to introduce this story to so many younger people. Absolutely, yeah. I think that I certainly, for many reasons, felt a lot of nervousness and pressure in terms of like what would be the right reason and an opportunity with which to come back after doing Evan Hansen. And, Obviously, all I wanted is to come back because I just love musical theater more than anything, and it's like the community that I value the most. And so I think as soon as Michael told me his concept for it and approached me, the combination of Michael and the piece was like such a no-brainer because it, I felt like no matter how this goes, it could have gone a myriad of ways, and we didn't know if City Center would be the end of the road or how any of it would be. I just knew that there's no person who couldn't value from seeing this particular story. So no matter what walk of life the person is coming in with, or you know, if they like Pitch Perfect or Evan Hansen or whatever it might be, it's something worth seeing. So I, I, I just feel really lucky that that's the piece that ended up being the one. I think a lot of the energy of this version of Leo, the, the Leo that we meet in the musical, um, you know, he has this social awkwardness. He seems like a very introverted person mm -hmm. and, and people don't understand him. Do you consider yourself an introvert? Very much so. Very yeah. anxious, very much an introvert. I have a very, a small span of being able to speak with somebody that I'm not like incredibly comfortable with and uh -huh. keep a conversation going without it feeling like I want to go lay down. So yes, my fiance is the opposite, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about how you have so many tools that Leo didn't have to express yourself. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about social media, right? And I was thinking about even how you express yourself in your music and in your fashion and in your personal life and in your causes and yeah. in the way you sort of run your career and what you choose to do. And it's interesting, I feel like you're able to present yourself in a lot of different ways. And somebody like Leo Frank at that time was really just sort of judged on very little. Totally, I mean, it's like to the nth degree of like when you don't feel like there's enough context in like a tweet or something and everybody jumps on it and there's right. this outrage and there's not any kind of full picture. For Leo, there is just what's written about in the paper, what's discussed in the town, what the mob mentality is, that becomes reality because that's all that exists. And he wasn't somebody, like you said, who was out there bearing his soul and you know, trying to make himself known because he didn't have the tools for that. Yeah. What he does have that I don't have or 
that I don't consider myself, you know, this kind of person is he, he definitely is very headstrong and, and aggressive and speaks his mind and um, is, uh, is, can be abrasive. And I think mm. part of what I love about playing the character is, is that I am not that way. And also that we're presenting someone who is not this like angelic kind of perfect, sweet martyr. You know, Evan Hansen obviously is very flawed and did lots of things that are very flawed. But in terms of his characterization, there's a real easy uh, connection and openness emotionally. But with Leo, he's a hard nut to crack. And yet we're still asserting that like even somebody flawed like this who is can be very annoying and, and, and snobbish and turn his nose down to people still deserves due process and justice and is not a monster and that there can be that nuance and grayness. And I feel like just as much as obviously either the anti-Semitism and the political angle is an important message, that kind of a hero I think is, is important too. The intermission is a really special moment at the show and it took me by surprise. I, I guess no one had told me that that happened. Um, you said on stage mm-hmm. that you didn't just do that the day I saw it, you did it every day. No, it was just for you, Paul. <laughs> and it's beautifully timed because A, the passage of time is sort of expressed of, of Leo sort of sitting in jail. Yeah. Um, but it's also right after you find out the guilty verdict, which is not a spoiler, it's a big part of the show. Yes. And you sort of sit with it and the house lights come up. How important is that moment to your performance? It's not just a moment, it's a 15, 20 minute yeah. stretch of time. It's really important. It's not. I love it and I hate it. Like I, I, I would love to go off stage and like have a break and have an intermission sure. like the rest of my cast. But I think it's Michael's concept, of course, among everything else. He's very brilliant, as you said, and he really didn't want the audience to be able to disengage fully from the story. I think mm. part of what feels so urgent about it is that it feels so contemporary. And so to be faced with Leo sitting there in isolation, even in the moment when you're supposed to be going to the bathroom and having a snack, it's like there's a discomfort that I think is important. Yeah. And for me personally, like you said, it comes right at this moment where I've just been through this whole trial and heard all these people give false testimony and I've taken on the character of like the kind of villainized version of Leo and done numbers as him and then numbers as Leo himself. That's kind of the most frenetic, intense 20 to 25 minutes of the show. And it kind of lands me there and drops me there at the end. And so it is a, on a personal level, just a, a really nice moment to, as Leo and as myself, process all that just happened and take it in and try to understand because it all kind of whips by and also just to honor the fact that he sat there for the last two years of his life alone and that's how he spent the end of his life and there's not a lot of time in a musical to sit with somebody alone in a room so it's a nice way to honor that and keep it propulsive what are you doing are you reading different no there's no books or writing or anything i have some water that i can sip i'm just kind of meditating dissociating thinking trying to stay still sometimes it feels really long sometimes it feels really short I had the horrible urge as an audience member to want to take a selfie with you. Is this a thing that happens? Do you see people? Do you see people on the like coming to the edge of the stage and getting, yeah, a, getting a photo with Leo Frank? Unfortunately, yes. There's a lot of different reactions, and every, everything is valid. The whole point is to challenge sure. the audience, and people should react how they want. Some people sit there and watch. Some people yeah. have a normal intermission and go chat and go to the bathroom. Some people take pictures. I've had a few people yell, try to get my attention. So there are certain responses that I find a little uglier than others, but I think that's the point. It's just how do you how does how do you interact with the art? How do you behave, and what does it make you feel like? And yeah. I just try to dissociate from. I love from it. It's that. very powerful. So you're Tony nominated in a category with two guys you were nominated with last time. I know. Josh Groban. Yes, and Christian Borle. And Christian Borle, the sweetest man around. Yeah, look at this little pack. I heard. Is it true that you started a group chat? With the other fellow nominees? Like, I did. I right did. Right when it happened? I did, mostly because I wanted to just 
text Brian Darcy James and also I don't know Jay and I want to be friends with Jay. But <laughs> Colton's my old friend from Evan Hansen, obviously. But I was trying to get us together to do some kind of a meeting or lunch or something. And of course, everybody's doing all millions of right. things. And I knew it was going to be impossible to try to find something. We still maybe will try to. But if anything, I just wanted to be like, hey, we're all kind of going through this weird thing. Yeah. Let's at least be weird about it together. <laughs> I love that you're now at the tender age of 29, a senior member of this experience. And, you know, like Michaela Diamond, your fantastic leading lady, Oof. she was she was saying that she's so thrilled to be able to go through all this with you. And she's like, he's not nervous at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, Colton Ryan was actually a standby for the role of Evan Hansen when yes. you were performing it. Does that seem strange to you that you're now like, See, you're not Brian Darcy James. Brian Darcy James no, is obviously. <laughs> it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's so lucky. I feel I feel really privileged. I think the only thing I regret that I had the first time around, in what was an incredible period, was just that I was so young that I didn't know to focus on being present in it because it mm. happened so quickly and there were so many life moments happening in succession that I just kind of let them by. And obviously, I hold on to the great things, but I there are so many moments I'd wish I'd been more in my body for and. So I have my age to help with that. I have my fiance to help with that. And also having Michaela, who was the age that I was, yeah. not only am I trying to help her stay present, but she really helps me too, because we are going through the whole thing together. So to get to like look at each other and take it in has really um, been helpful. And it's felt like it's been a bit slower this time. I don't want to let you go without asking you a question about Mary Louis Along. Okay. Because you are um, filming a movie version of one of my favorite musicals of all time. And I will see it at some point when I'm retired because <laughs> yeah. it, it will take many years. God willing. It will take many years to film it. I just want like a nugget. So like you're filming this obviously chronological musical yes. as you age. Yes. So you will be a grown man at the end. Yeah, I think I'll be, let's see, we started in 21. So I, I think I will be something like 45 or 46 when it's okay. done. Okay. Okay, um, so I don't have to wait that long. Okay. No, yeah, no. I think it's another, I think we've got, we, we've did the first sequence and we have eight more to go and there's about two years between. So we've got about 16, 17 years. So we've only done one sequence. Yes. We did so you, so we did you haven't, time. doors have not opened yet. No, but you they will not. be opening soon. Doors are opening soon. Doors are opening so soon. So the next batch is opening doors. Yes, that's right. Wow. If you need me to just crazy. like hold your coffee or anything, let me know. <laughs> I'm just so excited for this film. You have 16 years to jump on board somewhere. I'm sure we can make it. And I can't wait to interview you about it when I'm retired. I'll, I'll come out of retirement to interview We'll come you. back to this table. We'll come back to this table. Which will be like in a you know a condo or something at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I also want to ask you about Theater Camp. You yes. have a movie coming out, which I saw, which is fantastic. Thanks. You worked on it with a childhood friend who I don't know, Molly Gordon. Molly Gordon, yes. We did theater together from when we were four years old. And then my friend Nick Lieberman, who I met doing Into the Woods in high school with, mm -hmm. uh, the two of them co-directed it. And, and then, Noah. And Noah and the, the all four of us wrote it and produced it together. So Was it um, just like a pandemic? Was this like a... Well, we something? made a, sh a short film in 2017 uh -huh. uh, of this Theater Camp idea okay. uh, at Ripley Greer, very popular mm -hmm. theater spot for zero dollars in like 24 hours and we loved the experience and we thought it was really funny and we always hoped to develop it and so we spent a few years trying to develop it into a feature the pandemic happened it went away and then as the pandemic was starting to end we were like let's try to make this happen and we pushed it up the hill and nobody really wanted to make a theater nerd mockumentary alt comedy but we found some really faithful producers and they made it and they let us do it for 19 days and here we have it. You must be excited to get it in front of theater fans. So, so excited. I mean, obviously I think there's things for other people to enjoy and I, I think it's a comedy for anybody, yeah. but the most important thing to me obviously is that the theater community feels like it's authentic and it makes them laugh and 
I think it sends them up and, and indicts theater people in a way that only people who are them and love them can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are turning 30 this year. Yes. And I was I actually looked back and I first interviewed you when you were 20 years old. So It's been a decade, Paul. It's been a decade and the things you've done, it's pretty incredible. And I know that like checking off the the boxes of the the dream, the list of uh, things maybe you dreamt of when you were a kid, loving Broadway. It's Kind of bananas. It's absolutely. As Annalie Ashford would say. It is absolutely bananas <laughs> in every way. And it's never as lost on me. And I think now it's just been about like dreaming up other things. I mean, I like, I right. never thought that I would even get beyond this. I just hoped for this dream. You know, I'm, I'm musical theater, you know, at heart. I'm built out of musical theater. So I think that's all I ever saw for myself. And all of this has been a beautiful journey of discovering other things. But none of it would exist without the Broadway community and without musical theater. So when you think about looking ahead, I wonder, since you've uh, achieved so many career things, I almost wonder if you must have so many life goals that aren't just career. Like, I wonder if actually your focus is, changes a little bit. It, it widens, I would say. Yeah. There's less, I feel like less pressure in a really mm -hmm. privileged way. And I think, like, obviously having a family and getting married is up there and experiencing things with Noah and traveling. But then right up there with that is playing George in the Park with George, that's still there and will always be there. Um, but yeah, certainly, I'm, I'm, I'm open to whatever comes, especially after the pandemic. I think we all feel like as long as we're out in the world seeing people, it's like, it's a lucky thing. <laughs> and I love that Broadway is always sort of the, the main driver. Of course, and it's all, I mean, it's the community that I, I always want to do right by and, and, and want to make proud of me, so I will always want to do that. When I look at all the things you've done, what I actually admire the most is you are such a fantastic queer role model. And, you know, we are about to enter Pride Month. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to you about that because I feel like you've done so much for the community. And I think about, you know, when I was a kid, if there was somebody like you, there wasn't. There wasn't like a Broadway star who was sort of living their own life and, and being such a great role model in so many ways. And in such a sort of like quiet way, like mm -hmm. you're just living your life and leading people beautifully. So... How important is that in your life? And what is it like to be a leader in that way? Well, thanks for saying that. I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in the sense that I feel like my mom always says, like, everybody has a, ro a different role in the fight, whatever the fight might be. So I've always felt that, like, I am a very introverted person. And obviously I perform and I, and I write my music and things that are very outward facing. But in terms of the way that I can be sort of an activist or representation... I've always found the most effective thing is just to try to be as authentically myself as I can and not edit that in any way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just getting to share my relationship and be open about it and dress how I want to and, you know, like the artists I like and things like that. It's like that is come so naturally to me that why wouldn't I want to share those things? And I feel lucky that that then helps other people feel comfortable to do that, too. And like you were saying, like there weren't necessarily people growing up that were like as necessarily like outwardly queer this way in the theater community but for me certainly my first representation of queer people whether it was fully conscious or not was certainly from theater people sure. that I admired and loved and I talked to Noah about this but when I got nominated one of the things I was most excited about was just that little moment when they show you and they say that you're one of the nominees and you're with your person and this time it gets to be Noah and I get to you know be affectionate and be with him and be you know show whatever little queer people are watching the show that this is my guy. And I remember just so many times watching the Tonys growing up, whether I fully understood it or not, just seeing same-sex couples of all kinds and queer couples and queer people 
just being themselves and representing themselves. And so now the full circle of getting to be that, that's like the greatest part of that experience, I think. I love that. I can't wait to see you and cheer for you too. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Don't forget the 2023 Tony Awards are Sunday night, June 11th. We're so excited. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway show Uncut.